and welcome to Sound Tradition, where we examine the theology, practices, and traditions of the contemporary church. My name is Jason Shirk. And my name is Luke Hitz. And, and I Luke, got the question of the day. Yeah, there you go. Okay, I was about to ask you. Question. Should lemonade be called lemonade or lemon juice? Personally, I think, uh, like I said, uh, Chick-fil-A should probably be the one to make this decision. Um, because they're probably one of the biggest producers of lemonade in our country right now. <laughs> but everything else is juice. Apple juice, grape juice, grapefruit juice, orange juice. Orange juice. Why, or should it be orange-aid, grape-aid? Who started this anyway? Maybe it was viewed as medicinal. And so they so it, it, it was an aid? Gator, Gatorade? Gatorade. Should we call well, it? Gatorade's kind of medicinal. Should we call it gator juice? Gator juice. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, you can so, discuss that and uh, let us know what you think. Should it be lemonade or lemon juice? Yeah, uh, Jeff, if you're listening to this podcast, I'll get your opinion when I get back to work. So there we go. But <laughs> yeah, so today we're going to be talking about a topic that for a lot of people it's probably something that you is just kind of out of the blue. Maybe you don't think about this a whole lot. Some people don't like thinking about this topic at all. But we're going to be discussing: Can a Christian be possessed by a devil or the devil? You know, in, in uh, American culture, for the most part, we've become skeptics of paranormal activity in our society. So when it comes to ghosts, monsters, and demons, we might dress up as them on a holiday, but it's just because they're make-believe, right? Yeah, we're not scared of them. We're, we're not doing what people are usually or used to be doing. All Hallowed Eve, they were literally trying to blend in with the demons. Yeah, and so if, if you were to speak to many people from other countries, though, they wouldn't have the same perspective that we do when it comes to these types of things. But a lot of times you'll hear Americans will usually say, well, they don't count because they're just superstitious, you know? Right. But having lived overseas for large portions of my life, I've, I've come in contact with some of these situations myself, and I've gotten to talk to people who have firsthand experience with some of this stuff. And I think, honestly, the... Uh, the fact that Americans don't believe in the supernatural for the most part is largely because Satan knows that he can control the American mind by our skepticism. If we don't believe in supernatural things, we're more likely not to believe in God or hell or any of the other truths of the Bible, and we won't take them seriously, <laughs> right? Yeah, the, the devil doesn't have to come at us with his own soldiers. We've we basically, as American culture, cut ourselves off from God by our own thinking our own lifestyles and mm -hmm. all the distractions we have we don't doesn't have to waste resources on us yes huh, that's that's an interesting thought I hadn't mm -hmm. thought about that yeah and on the on the flip side you really you think about it well maybe he's more active in some of these other cultures yeah because maybe they are superstitious but also because he knows he can control them with fear rather than skepticism you know right and so his, his tack his approach is different Depending on the culture, I think. So. That's true. America's going to be like, it's America, shoot the demons, you know, we're going to fight them. <laughs> we, ain't, we ain't submitting to no demons. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. It's, there we'll could be, survive there, the zombie apocalypse. There could be a lot of reasons why demons are not used in, in our culture. Right. But the idea of demon possession really has haunted the modern consciousness through popular culture, at least. Since probably 1973, when The Exorcist came out in the movies, and I found this was interesting. It's actually based on the real-life story of a man named Roland Doe. Now, I didn't know that was based off a real story. Yeah, so most <laughs> of the time these things are just fake, you know. But actually, I'm like Annabelle. That's based off a real story. I haven't watched any of these just so just no, me they're here. But, uh, I, but I've studied some of the history behind some of them. Just, <laughs> yeah, just looking them up. 
you know, yeah. when, when I was younger, it's like, I'm going to get in trouble just for looking this up. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but, um, and, and yeah, so there are stories behind these. And so even though, like, The Exorcist was a dramatized story, it's not the only one that's out there. I found a story from 1906 that was kind of interesting. It's about a girl named Clara Sell of South Africa. She was overheard making a pact with the devil, and not long after that, she began growling, tearing her clothes, speaking in tongues, which that's an interesting side point, mm-hmm. and having superhuman mm-hmm. strength. And then when some priests were called to perform an exorcism, her body was burned by their holy water, supposedly. But the biggest, the biggest thing I thought was interesting was that in front of 170 witnesses, she was seen to have been levitating off of the ground. Her body was floating in the air. You know, and the ver- just 170 witnesses, that's kind of hard to fake. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you, you know, you listen to that, you're like, like a lot of these stories, there's probably embellishments or things that aren't true, but there's probably a kernel of truth to it there. When you, when you have 170 witnesses, either they're all lying or there's something to it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not like this whole concept is against what the Bible teaches. If you think about it, the Bible's no stranger to the concept Nope. Of demon possession. <laughs> so, in fact, it's only the Western mind that is in direct contradiction to what the Bible says by dismissing the possibility of demon possess- possession. And uh, honestly, in my own life, I've had experiences, experienced times of what I would say was demon oppression, not possession. But moments where a dark feeling came over me and I couldn't move my body. And I know many people discount that saying, oh, that's just a physical thing that's Uh, some kind of paralysis, you know, sleep paralysis or something like that. But the dread that accompanied it was really, it was beyond physical. There's like another presence in the room. And, but on top of that, I've met people who were supposedly demon possessed. I went, went to one village in Nepal and got to meet a lady who had recently gotten saved. And before that, she was known as being one, the town drunk, but also having been demon possessed. And everyone in the village said this even the unsaved people, that she had been demon-possessed, but then she got saved and she was no longer possessed by the devil. And so when you you do a survey through the Bible, we see this concept in the Bible as well. Uh, We got Matthew 24, or 4, verse 24. Luke, you want to read that one for us? And his fame went throughout all, uh, all Syria, and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken from diverse diseases and torments, and those which were possessed with devils, and those which were lunatic and those that had the palsy and he healed them and then matthew 10 verse 1 says and when he had called unto him his 12 disciples he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out well what's he casting them out of other people and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease so oftentimes in the bible demon possession manifests itself by the person doing themselves harm such as throwing themselves in the fire or off cliffs or things like I mean you have the legion going into the pigs and what did the pigs do? They ran into the sea. They ran into the ocean and, and died, you know. Um, you see them speaking in different voices, maybe taking on different personalities and extreme strength. The the maniac of Gadara who had demons <clears> within <throat> him was cutting himself and he was breaking the chains that were Yeah, they tried to they down. tried to t- to bind him so he couldn't yes. hurt himself and he broke the chains. Yep. So I think it's important not to confuse real medical issues, obviously, with demon possession. But on the flip side, we, we can't dismiss the reality of demon possession either. You know, it's, it's a biblical concept. 
Uh, Luke, you want to tell us about um, why this came up <clears throat> here in your house this week? Yeah, we were, so I've been doing, uh, my wife and I watched The Chosen, a show put out by, I'm sorry, I started to say Netflix, not, yeah. ne- <laughs> not Netflix, opposite of Netflix, uh, not, not Pure Flix either. Yeah, it's VidAngel. VidAngel, my, yeah. brain, my brain is not working, VidAngel, and uh been a real good series. They've done their first season, and they're, they did crowdfunding crowdfunding for their second season and they're actually filming it right now i think that's yeah. probably why i couldn't go down there um tomorrow yeah. i was literally planning to take a trip to the site where they filmed the chosen down near weatherford texas um and i was really excited about this but we start looking at the schedule and it's blocked off because of filming yeah and actually for a month at a time periodically throughout the year they're doing filming down at yeah. this this garden down in Texas. And I think they're doing a really good job. I'm actually doing a review of it. You can go to our blog, and I've got the first episode. I, I purposefully was a little vague on details. I think as I go, like when I do episode two, I'll talk more about episode one, how it ties it. I kind of didn't yeah. want to, I'm trying to not spoil things. Yes, we want so you there's to still a little, enjoy it if you watch There's it, a little yeah. bit of a spoiler here, so if you haven't seen it yet, you may want to pause this and listen to it after you go watch the first episode. But really, the ma- there's not really a main character because it's the chosen, all the people that Jesus chose to be his disciples and who kind of become his followers and follow him through his ministry. And one of those is Mary Magdalene. And she kind of is the main character because her, the miracle is she Jesus takes the, the demons out of her. It really is a, a it's kind of it's really beautiful. I mean, I cried at the end of the, for, when I was trying, well, not, I wasn't like bawling, but there was tears in my eyes because I thought it was beautiful, the this girl who that was called uh, I have called you by name because it's a verse in the Old Testament that her father they in the story they made it her father told it to her and her father died and when she became possessed by a demon she would quote this verse to try to comfort herself and at one point she gave up hope and she gives up on the verse but Jesus quotes the verse to her at the end of the passage and casts out the demon and my kids were like what are, you know, what is this? Can, you know, why does she have demons? You know, can, you know, why do people, and I, I, I assured them, I said, no, you, you don't have to worry about it. I told my kids, don't worry about it. If you, you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit in you. You don't have to worry about it. But it's something that came up. And I said, well, it's something I need to teach them about. And so it's probably good that we're going over this now. Yeah. yeah so that makes, that makes a, a logical segue to our question. If possession is real and it is, can a Christian become uh, possessed and should we fear demon possession as a believer now there's a couple couple different ideas that we need to tackle when we when we talk about this topic but the answer to this question honestly is a lot simpler than some people try to make it we know from god's word that when a believer becomes a christian the holy spirit takes up residence inside of us and so if you wonder if you can be con- uh, possessed by a demon you need to consider these verses here uh, 2 Corinthians 6, verses 15 through 16 says, And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. So the Holy Spirit sets up residence within our lives, um, th- literally Christ dwelling in us. Uh, Colossians 1.13, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. This is something that applies to every Christian. We have been delivered from the power of darkness. And you think about what is demon possession at its root. Uh, 
power of Satan. I mean, it's irresistible <laughs> power of yes. Satan, right? It's to where he he has the ability to come in and take control completely. That that's possession. But we've been delivered from that power, from the power of darkness. First uh, John two verse thirteen says, "I write unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because ye have overcome the wicked one." Notice this is. Um, this is something that's already been accomplished. We have overcome the wicked one. And so if you look through all of the New Testament, you'll not find one single instance of a believer who is possessed by the devil. And you will not find any set of rules for exorcism on a, on a believer. You know, I think that's, that's an important point. because mm -hmm. Yeah, it's an argument from silence, but, but <laughs> still, yeah. it's just, it just shows that it's not even in the sphere of consideration for the authors of the New Testament and the scriptures. And so someone might ask, well, how, how is Mary Magdalene, you know, if she's a Jew, she's a believing Jew, mm -hmm. then why, does she, why did she, why was she possessed by a devil? Okay, so you got to take into account Old Testament versus New Testament. Okay, mm -hmm. in, the, in the Old Testament, you did have, have people who believed in Yahweh, and the Holy Spirit would come upon them. From time to time. From time to time. <laughs> but never set up complete residence in their life as he has with the believers. Um, in fact, the Bible says that we have received the Holy Spirit as the earnest of redemption until the day of redemption. So we have that Holy Spirit until the day that we are actually physically fully saved and in heaven. And But that was not the case in the Old Testament. An example of that was King Saul. Mm -hmm. When King Saul first uh, was called to be king, the Holy Spirit came upon him, and he joined himself to a group of traveling prophets, and he sang and danced and preached. And, and it became a saying, is, Paul, <laughs> is Saul among the prophets? Right, yeah. <laughs> and yep, became, but later it, on, yeah, it became a saying for, this is weird. <laughs> yeah, but, but later on, you see that an evil spirit came upon him, and he tried to kill David, you know, yeah. because of that evil spirit. So there, w there was a difference between Old and New Testament, so that, that's a major, major part of what's going yes. on here. And honestly, you have to understand that even though Mary Magdalene existed in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we'll probably have to go back and check, make sure they're in all four Gospels. But yes, yes. So, <laughs> but before Christ died on the cross, they were still under the Old Testament dispensation. Yes. So that it was, it was, it was basically Old Testament. John the Baptist was an Old Testament prophet. Mm -hmm. He was not New Testament. And, and so that affects how things happened. It, it was a time of transition, granted, but it was still Old Testament at that time. I, I watched a few things like the Jewish perspective on this. They have a really interesting take on who Satan is okay. and devils and demons. And be, we should do one on demonology. Mm -hmm. It'd be, be a small, a short series. But uh, he was the, the one guy I was listening to. Of course, they, they don't all agree. They have their own yeah. different rabbis think different things. Uh, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> what What did the rabbis think about? Uh, Not about Satan, but about the demons. Yeah. Um, oh, they. I remember what it was. They basically believe that if this one guy was saying that if you, a Jew, as a Jew, were falling away from following God and not following the Torah, that God would send an evil spirit to you. And until you would repent and come back, it was God's way of trying to get you to repent. And that demon would drive you crazy. So that that's one Jewish interpretation. Right. And, you know, I, 
perhaps there's some truth to it. I have to do some thinking about that. But perhaps Mary Magdalene was not a Jew who was following God. And is there a reason why God allows, you know, allow those demons? Yeah. So, yeah. But again, I, I don't think she was yeah. saved at that time. So. Definitely. I don't think yeah. so. And it talks about her having been a prostitute. So she wasn't yeah. living with the Lord at the, at the very least. But the reason this whole question becomes an area of concern is because there are people who confess to be saved who mm -hmm. have said that they have experienced being demon-possessed, you know, and, or kids who grew up in a Christian home and they get demon-possessed and their parents are now worried, but you got saved when you were four years old, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, but there's, there's a couple things you need to keep in mind when confronted with these stories. First of all, there's a difference between possession and oppression, okay? Possession means that a demon takes complete control of you, body, mind, and soul. While oppression refers to being physically attacked from the outside. So there are things such as even levitation could occur as a form right. of oppression because that's an outside influence upon you. But if they're taking control of your mind and speech and will, I, I think that's that's a line too far right there. Right. And, and you know, if you read through these passages in Scripture— mm -hmm. And I've always heard it taught, you know, when you have the Holy Spirit and when Jesus is in you, there's no room for the demons. And that, and you know, just logically that makes sense. Yeah. And we'll, we'll, we're going to kind of talk about something that kind of seems to contradict that a little bit in a second. But uh, the second thing is also that you have to realize that one of the lessons of the book of Hebrews is that not everyone who says they are Christians are truly yeah. saved. You know? That's the other possibility. Yeah, they might have known a whole lot of things about the Bible. They might have shown symptoms of being interested, even spir some spirituality, but they never actually received Christ's spirit living within them. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to dealing with the devil's influence in our life, we as believers, we have nothing to fear. And to show you this, I'd like to look at 2 Corinthians 10 verses 3 through 5. We don't have a whole lot of time, but I want to work through this real quick. So it says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, and having in a readiness to avenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. And so the first thing that we got to notice from this passage is that the weapons of our warfare, they're not fleshly, they're spiritual. We have in Ephesians talks about the armor of God. And we're challenged to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. But also notice in, in this passage, it says that our weapons are mighty. They're powerful. As a believer, we have everything we need to fight against this spiritual warfare. Now, what is it exactly that we're attacking in verse number four of this passage? It says they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So possession may not exist in a believer's life, but strongholds can exist. Now, what is a stronghold? A stronghold is, the, honestly, it's the closest thing a believer can get to possession by a devil. But basically, it's an ingrained pattern of thinking and acting that stands in opposition to God. And when you have a stronghold, what you are doing is you are allowing the devil to have influence in that aspect of your life. Strongholds are addictions. They're things that are not easily conquered. Ephesians 4 actually talks about one of these. It says, uh, let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place 
to the devil. And that word place is actually pretty interesting because literally mm -hmm. what does place mean? You're giving ground in your mm -hmm. life. He's not possessing it necessarily, but you're giving influence and lordship over that aspect of your life to the devil. Instead of the Holy Spirit having influence there, the, the devil does. So in Ephesians 4, what does it say that we're, that causes this stronghold, giving place to the devil? It's anger. It's letting the sun go down upon our wrath. So anger is just one of the sins that when allowed to remain in our lives can build a strongholds. So strongholds are harder to destroy. However, God has given us everything that we need to tear them down. In verse 5 and 6 of 2 Corinthians, those strongholds are built by thoughts. Where, according to the passage, it says, um, sorry, I scrolled too far. <laughs> Casting down imaginations, those are thoughts, and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So wrong thoughts build strongholds in our lives. When you dwell mm -hmm. on thoughts that are contrary to God's word, you're allowing Satan to build that stronghold in your life. And if you want to destroy it, I want to give you the solution real quick. You got to repent. That means you change your mind or attitude towards it. You got to say, I don't, I don't like this. You got to resist it. You got to say, no, I'm not going to give into this. And you have to renew your mind. That's taking those unbiblical thoughts that caused you to have this addiction to sin and replacing them with God's thoughts and God's word. All those principles can be found in Ephesians chapter four if you want to study that yeah. that out a little bit further. So, do you remember? Do you remember those old chick tracks? Do they even make them anymore? Probably. So. My dad used to have them, and I used to read them all the time. But there were some, quite a few of them. They had like the demons who were like putting thoughts into people's brains, mm -hmm. tempting them, trying to get the guy to sin, the Christian to sin. I went through a time of kind of saying, "I don't. Oh, that's yeah, whatever." The Bible doesn't say demons control your thoughts. But as I've gotten older, I've kind of turned around on that. I think you ever had thoughts pop in your head that were good things. So maybe, maybe God put that in my head. And I've also had thoughts come into my head, really dark, terrible things. I said, is that really just me? Or is that maybe a demon putting these things in your head? I mean, we have our own flesh. We have our own wickedness. Pulls us down. It's one of our enemies. But one of the other enemies, the Bible tells us, is the devil. And I wouldn't be surprised if they're, the Bible doesn't tell us what they can do, but I wouldn't be surprised if they have the ability to push moods upon us in some way or, mm -hmm. or another. Us, I mean, all kinds of things yes. affect our moods, so <laughs> why not? Why not yeah. Humans, so. yeah. So for, to wrap this up, don't be afraid that you're going to be possessed. If you're really a Christian, you're not being possessed by a demon. But if you get busy for God and you're actually you know, being used by God, don't be surprised, don't be surprised if you become fun. a target. Yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> but ultimately, let's leave you with this, a reminder that to conquer strongholds in your life, it's going to take repentance, resistance, and renewing our minds. That's the key right there. Mm -hmm. and we don't want to allow the devil to have any more influence in our lives than he already has in so many ways. Right. That's he may put a thought. He may put a thought in your head, but you have the the ability to yes. renew your mind through and the Bible. And, yes. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Grace and peace be with you, and hope you have a good night. Amen.